Welcome to The Dark Corner. Presented by Gentleman's Grindhouse Records. Hold me closer for this last moment Until you like his hand when the shadows take over All right, let's see if we can remember this format. <laughs> it's been a while. It's well, been a month. That's why we have an agenda. An agenda. So that I can look back on previous things and go, what the fuck order did we do things in? Oh, yes. see, right, right off the bat, I'm going, fuck. Fuck. Well, that's got our <sighs> explicit rating, so yay. Explicit. Explicit. Anyway. Explicit. Hi. Hi. Bet you're not expecting to hear me. Bet you are. Ha. Well, she's out of rehearsal, so she's available. Out of rehearsal and running the show. And into the fire. Yep. And <laughs> I was, I've been sick for three weeks. Yes. Three weeks now. We're not getting enough rest to recuperate. I feel like I'm starting actually to really get over it. I've had very little coughing today. And God willing, I can sleep actually laying all the way down tonight. Yeah. We'll so. see. I'm kind of lispy <laughs> tonight, so. Yeah, yeah I've got it tickle in my throat that occasionally erupts in coughing silence that's what i would like to have i would like to have silence at night when i'm trying to fucking sleep instead of coughing all instead night of long coughing i'm hoping tonight i can lay down completely because that seems to make the coughing worse but uh, last night i didn't cough at all during the night so maybe maybe this is the night maybe it's tonight dave yeah because last year or earlier this year when you had pneumonia and I had bronchitis. It was really bad. And yeah, if you laid down, forget about it. It was bad enough sitting up. No, it w I couldn't lay down for three weeks. I, I slept literally sitting straight up. I had propped myself up on enough pillows that I was literally sitting up. It was the only way I could get even some semblance of sleep. And it wasn't good sleep. Thanks for misdiagnosing my pneumonia as a cold, former doctor. And which is why, former doctor, you're mm. seeing somebody else now because of that gross incompetence. Yep. Could have at least done a blood test. Yeah. I'm surviving. But I still feel so tired all the time. Yeah, you're telling me earlier you're more tired today than you were Monday. Yeah, and Monday I had a show. <laughs> so yeah. My eyes today have felt like they're full of sand. I hate that feeling. It's great if you're sleepy yeah, you and, get the and gritty eyes. you're in bed. But it's seriously, they, that's why I wore my glasses today. I thought, there's no way my contacts are going in these eyes. Yeah. Not going to happen. And so I wore my glasses, and it still felt like it was hard driving to work. I was sleepy. Sleepy work sleepy. drive is scary. Yes, it is. Because <laughs> it's a half hour drive, and I start to go into a trance, and then my eyelids start to droop, and then crash, and I'm dead. Which, thankfully, that has yet to happen. Thankfully, it will hopefully, never. Hopefully, hopefully it will never, never happen. happen. Thankfully, it has not happened yet. You <laughs> said, "God, right? Don't ever put yet on the end of a sentence okay, like so that." Thankfully, that has not happened. Hopefully, it never will. There you go. Is that the that proper is way the, to say that? That is the correct way to say that. You INTJ. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes you don't know the words coming out of your mouth, I swear. Uh, they're, they're letters that form sounds that make oh God. noises that have meaning. Uh-huh. Okay. 
Yep. Enough banter, or you want to banter more? No, let's uh, let's uh, banterless. Do the thing. Hey, I got my banter on. You just watch yourself, buddy. Banter on and on. Sounds like a weird new drug. Banter. Banter on for banter anxiety. On. <laughs> banter on <laughs> for your or, social anxiety. Or a robot is a new android. This is my new house servant. Banter on. He is a robot. I'm sorry. Anyway, the planet in Blake Seven. <laughs> Landing on Banteron. Our <laughs> communicator comes up and is like, Avon calling. Sorry. Shall we move on to Obsession? Obsessions. By Calvin Klein. Do you hear this breath? It's an obsessive breath. Can you feel this beat? It's an obsessive heartbeat waiting to be joined with its obsession. My obsession is that Steve Jackson Games, he's famous for GURPS, the general role-playing game, but he's also the guy behind Munchkin and several other games. I don't know any of these games. Yep. Munchkin is a card game, but it also has some role-playing aspects to it. And it's a cooperative thing rather than playing against one another. Like there's a villain in the deck of cards and your team fights against that villain. Okay. And there's a Marvel edition coming out in April of next year. Squee. And I want that very, very badly. And I was disappointed to find out that it's not available yet. I have to wait four months. I am sorry to hear that. Yeah, so I am a bit obsessed over that. I want to play that game. Hmm. The orgs play Munchkin, and they like that a lot. Because there's, like, your generic fantasy style, you know, Lord of the Rings, Dungeons of Dragons style Munchkin game. I think there's a zombie version and several other things. Zombie version. Yeah, so yeah. But I want the Marvel version. Well, I was hoping we could pre-order it, but not so much. Not quite yet. There's a kind of board game convention in Texas, and they are giving out cards that were like bookmarks, but they're actual cards you can use in the game. I think they're exclusive. Hmm, interesting. That are also kind of a pre-sale thing. But yes, I would like that, and I'm obsessing over it. It's going to be a long while before I can have it in my grubby hands. Good lord, there's a shit ton of them. Yeah, Munchkin is a popular game, and it has a lot of different variants. Just about any kind of weird genre you're into, they have a Munchkin-style game about it. There's even a Christmas version. Cool. Okay, then. Well, yeah, yeah. it's not even... Name off some of those, just for uh, the hell of it. Let's see. Well, there's Munchkin Deluxe that's got, like, the whole shit. And then there's Munchkin 2, Unnatural Axe. Munchkin Nightmare Before Christmas. Munchkin Ducky Hot Safety Bath. <laughs> Munchkin Adventure Time. Munchkin Holiday Surprise. Munch Munchkin Kittens. Munchkin yeah. 3, Clerical Errors. Munchkin <laughs> 4, The Need for Steed. Star Munchkin Deluxe. Smash Up Munchkin. Munchkin Legends Deluxe. Star Munchkin, Star Munchkin, uh, Star, sorry. Starts, Munchkin starts to be difficult to say. Star Munchkin Revised Edition, Munchkin Christmas Light, and that is as far as it goes, I think, so far. Oh, no, Munchkin Zombies, mm -hmm. Munchkin Apocalypse, Ooh, Munchkin The Walking Dead, I know, right? You love the Apocalypse, so we might have to pick that one up since it's already in existence. Yeah. How much? $19.63. That's not bad. That's about the price range I was thinking it was going to be. Well, the list price is $25 for yeah. that one. Uh, Munchkin 6, Demented Dungeons. Munchkin Princesses. Munchkin Steampunk! 
That'd be cool, too. That one's more expensive because it's the deluxe one. Uh-huh. Munchkin boxes of holding doors and treasures. <laughs> yeah, a lot of these seem to be expansion packs. Munchkin Pathfinder, Munchkin Cthulhu, Munchkin Dragons Booster Pack, Munchkin Game Changers, Munchkin Pathfinder, Munchkin Quest. Oh my god, they just keep going. Munchkin Oz, Munchkin yep. Panic. Ooh, Munchkin Oz. Uh-huh. Munchkin 5 deranged. Munchkin 7 cheat with both hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the idea of a card game you play together against like mm-hmm. an enemy in the cards itself rather than, you know, Magic the Gathering or your standard card games where you play versus like a cooperative Here's card another game. great one. Munchkin 8 half horse will travel. <laughs> the good, the bad, and the munchkin. <laughs> yeah, western style munchkin game. Yeah, there's um, something here for everyone. Munchkin Board of Health. <laughs> Munchkin Treasure Hunt. Munchkin Bites. Munchkin the Guild. Munchkin Holidays Booster Card Game. Munchkin Legends 2 Fawn and Games. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's not much of a surprise that there'd be a Marvel edition coming out. Munchkin Cthulhu 2 Call of Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Munchkin Foil Edition, Munchkin Undead, Munchkin Love Shark Baby. What the fuck? Love Shark Baby? Yep. Munchkin Foo. Ooh, a martial arts one? Yep. That'd be fun. Holy shit. Munchkin Legends 3, Myth Prince. And Steve Jackson's like notorious for that, is coming up with the game format and then being able to apply it to anything. I mean, that's the way GURPS was set up. I do have a Steve Jackson game called Tune. It's actually a cartoon role-playing game. So it's like you're playing Looney Tunes or Merry Melodies or anything like that. And it's very simple game setup. Munchkin Impossible. Ooh, nice. Spies. Munchkin Reindeer Games. Lots of Christmas-themed ones. Munchkin Apocalypse Mars Attacks. Oh, my God. Yeah, you might have to look up more regarding that munchkin apocalypse as much as you like apocalyptic stuff you and darren are both really into the apocalypse not so much the apocalypse itself but they, after, but the the apocalypse. after the apocalypse yeah this darren's that way too he likes his post-apocalyptic stuff in fact he wants to do for the black dog a post-apocalyptic month have like boy and his dog and some other cheesy stuff and get some mad max in there yeah get fury road or something i don't know why i can't explain it but i actually like finding out what the apocalypse was from the survivors, especially if it's a lot farther in the future and they don't really know because they weren't there. Right. Unless you're a ghoul in one of the Fallout games that was actually there. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I remember when the bombs went off. There was this bright light and suddenly the guys around me were just dust. No, yeah. That's not how they talk. Anyway. Depends on where you were, I guess. I suppose so. If you want to show me the apocalypse, fine. But I don't want the movie to be, this is what happened, and at the end, there's the apocalypse. I don't care. Yeah, so something You hear that, like Terminator 3? I don't care. Miracle Mile you wouldn't care for, because that's leading up to the apocalypse. Yeah, don't care. To me, that's like a prequel. What I want to know is what happens after. Yeah. I'm that kind of person. What happens to the survivors? Yeah, who cleans up all of that alien shit after the first Avengers film? Yes. I mean, seriously, how would S.H.I.E.L.D. be able to clean up those giant turtle worm things? Turtle worm snakes. Maybe it's like Pacific Rim and there's a whole black market selling off the things. Well, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of tied into that as yeah, the they people did. that were using. But they were talking about the tech. I'm yeah. talking about the fucking 
50-foot-long goddamn worm laying on top of a skyscraper. Right. That's what I'm talking about. How do you clean that shit up? Those poor guys having to clean that shit up. Yep. And guys, I mean guys and girls, really. I think there is some weird off-brand comic book about the people that clean up after superhero events. I know there is. Yeah. Anyway. So, well, this kind of leads into your obsession, strangely enough. It kind of does. Um, my obsession is my PS4 right now. Yeah, she got her PlayStation 4, everybody. I named it General Beckman because I name all my electronic devices after characters in Chuck. Yep. Chuck, the television series Chuck. So I almost named it Big Mike. But then I remembered my DS was named Big Mike and I couldn't do it. Ah. Which is funny because my DS is little. Do you have a Captain Awesome? (laughs) No. No. No, I don't yet. But... I felt that the PS4 should be General Beckman. That makes sense. So, and it makes me happy. But I haven't had all that much time with it. No, you've been in a show. Yeah, because um, I got it, what was it, about a week, couple weeks before Thanksgiving? Yeah. So, got a sweet deal because um, they, of course, were offering the bundles. There were several bundles to choose from. There's like four of them. And the one I wanted was the Uncharted bundle. Because it would come with the first three and Uncharted games. And I think the fourth one's going to be the last since it's called A Thief's End. But anyway, that's just my guess. But <laughs> uh, So I wanted to get that one. Now, I knew it was going to go on sale on Black Friday at Best Buy. But I also knew that I, A, was not going to go to any retail establishment at a stupid hour to get it. Yeah. And B, I wasn't going to going to hover online waiting to fight millions of other people for it either. So I spent the extra $50 to get it two weeks before. And after I added it to my little cart, they didn't have any in the store anymore. I hope they got another shipment for Yeah, Black I'd hope Friday. so too. But uh, they said, oh, we can ship it to you. You can have it by Wednesday. This was a Friday night. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Then I go to, it says, proceed to check out, yes. And it says, you have three items in your cart. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I did not put three items in my cart. Did I leave something in there from last time? What the hell? And so again, go in there and it says PlayStation bundle. And oh, you can have free this charging station for your controller. Nice. Which isn't really necessary, but it's actually kind of convenient. Yeah. Because it's a don't lose your remotes or your controller sort of thing. Just, yes, yeah, sitting right there. Yeah. Uh, and then two, oh, we know you wanted this copy of Fallout 4 for free, so please have this. We know it only came out a week ago, and we know you want it, so please have this for free. Yeah, which so. is partly why you're getting a PlayStation 4 as well, so you'd have Fallout 4. And that, and I would never in a million years get an Xbox One. So, But uh, I, I have to say, I teared up a little when I saw that free copy of Fallout 4 in my cart. Yep. Yeah, you actually emotional. had to go to rehearsal, didn't you? And I set it up for you. You set it up for me. It came on a Wednesday, and uh, you set it up for me. I came home and turned it on for a few minutes <laughs> and set up all my shit, like my account and all that, because I didn't have a PSN account and so all of that, etc. Then it was st- like Sunday before I had time to play. Yeah. Really. So I did spend some time with Fallout 4, and I also gave um, Uncharted a go, which... I find to be uh, gameplay very much like the Tomb Raider reboot, which is not a bad thing. No, you like the Tomb Raider, the newest yeah. Tomb Raider, or yeah. newer Tomb Raider game. The, the reboot, yeah. So, uh, But I 
find that my biggest problem with that game is I kept getting ins- distracted by the beauty of the environments, <laughs> and then suddenly people were shooting at me, and I'm like, yes. "Fuck! I need cover. Where's my cover?" <laughs> so I mean, there's this. It's just it's magnificent, and of course, it's had its HD remaster so that it looks good on the PS4. Nice, and it looks really fucking good. Yeah. And it does have these things that annoy you every once in a while where you have to do one thing in a specific way. And if you don't get it exactly right, you die and you have to do it again and do it again and do it again. And I came to a part like that in Uncharted and I couldn't get past it. And so I stopped for a while. (laughs) Yeah. And then there were Black Friday sales on video games. And so I also picked up the ultimate edition of Diablo 3 for only 20 bucks. Wow. And uh, also the HD remaster of Final Fantasy X and X Part 2, also for 20 bucks. Which X Part 2 is just bizarre. It's bizarre. Most people don't like it. I actually really enjoy the battle system with the outfits yeah I think the outfits are just nuts just crazy it's like playing dress up with the final fantasy 10 characters yeah and there are aspects of the story that i like but th- most of the story is just crap you know yeah. it's just like this seems like it was just not thought out at all it was bizarre because you had the heroine of the first final fantasy 10 become a pop star out of the blue yeah what yeah that's very japanese yeah the very japanese pop idol Thing. Yeah, they really love their pop idols. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then I found out earlier last week, but I didn't find out until Sunday when I had the chance that they finally released the PS4 port of Final Fantasy VII, the original. Which is funny with the remake coming out. So, well, I I knew that was coming. Yeah. Um, that they were going to do that, and it's for all of you who have a PS4 and are wondering if it's worth it to get that Final Fantasy VII port. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes. Even if you have the original for your PlayStation 1, it is totally worth it. It looks better. It runs better. You don't have to change discs. And they fixed all the grammatical errors. There's no more, this guy are sick, and I'll be stand there. None of that <laughs> is, it's all fixed. It was so funny because you called me in to show me that too. Yeah. Look, they fixed the grammar. <laughs> yeah. I didn't need to go into that pipe and talk to that guy, but I, I wanted to see if they'd fixed it and they this guy did. are sick but and, it's still avalanche yep it's still avalanche and there are minor differences like when you dress up like a girl to get into don corneo's mansion there's no longer getting the sexy underwear at the honeybee inn oh you can have them put makeup on you still but there's no sexy underwear component anymore oh. so plus when uh you're talking to don corneo and trying to get him to talk. It's no longer rip them off. It's rip it off. Uh-huh. So now they're not threatening the balls. They're threatening the penis. Uh-huh. Little differences like that. The graphics actually look really good. Yeah, it's um, very crisp. Very crisp. Lovely. And uh, it's like 1049 on the PlayStation Network store right now. It's a steal for that large of a game. Yeah. I mean, the regular price is like 1599 which I still think is a good price. Yeah. I think it's still on sale. Super bonus is like mm-hmm. the triple time. Oh, the triple time in God Mode. I don't know that it's called God Mode, but that's what I call it. Okay, triple time. If you press in your left analog stick, everything goes at three times the speed. Battles, dialogue, everything. Your movements, unless it's a cutscene. That's the only thing that's not triple time. So while you're leveling up while looking for Yuffie, that goes really fast. Super fucking fast. In less than eight game hours, I was already at Nibelheim. 
Wow. It doesn't always work well because in places like the Shinra Mansion where you have trouble getting around at normal speed. Yes. You got to put it on normal speed. But when those battles come up, you just hit the- <laughs> It's so funny to watch. Yep. Especially when you're fighting enemies that are real have really slow attacks and you just and they always have initiative, so you're just like, Okay, five of these guys. Uh, I'll just go to sleep for a minute. Well, I remember playing the original Final Fantasy Seven and I'd fall asleep during battles. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very, very useful. And the other thing, God mode, that's what I call it. You push in the right analog stick and in battles, after every turn, your limit break gauge fills completely. And all of your hit points and magic points refill. So if you really don't want to worry about the strategy of beating this particular boss, you just turn that on. You're like, yeah, yeah. Attack. <laughs> yeah, limit break. Yeah, do meteor rain on that guy again. Do meteor rain again. Do it again. Do it again. It can take away part of the fun. But yeah. then there's there's times where it's just like, I just want to get through this. I'm fucking turning it on. <laughs> so... And it doesn't seem to take away your trophies when you do that. Which oh, is no, odd. not at all. Yeah. Not at all. I'm still getting trophies. Still yeah. racking them up. That's pretty cool. Yep. First time I cast a summon, got a trophy. Nice. First time I used Limit Break, got a trophy. Because that's cool if they port in a game and add trophies. Because that's something when Xbox 360, you had the port for Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Mm-hmm. There's no trophies or achievements. Lame. It's just the game. Lame Xbox. Yeah. Lame. But then it's not a remaster either. It was just the game ported over. They still could have done to that. a digital download. Well, see, and I don't think this is necessarily a remaster either. I think that it's a port of the computer version. Ah. Which was probably it probably had better graphics, and you know, by then they had fixed all of the grammatical errors and such. Makes sense. So I'm having tons of fun. Oh, good. With That's Beckman. the whole point. And uh, wish I had more time to spend with her. Yeah, well, hopefully you'll have a little bit of time after we're done recording here. Could be. Could be. I don't know if I'm awake enough to do it. Yeah, I may just end up watching your Minions movie. Or falling asleep to Ant-Man again. Yeah, that too. Need to watch that again. So entertaining. Yep. Yeah, so that's my obsession. General Beckman. My PS4. Now for the limelight. Yeah. You're in a show. I'm in a show. I saw it. It's very good. It's very funny. Fairly Potter Christmas Carol. We have to call it Fairly Potter because copyright. Copyright. Well, it's a parody. It's a parody. So you've got some wiggle room because there are certain things that you are allowed in a parody. Yeah, but just not in the title. Yeah. I'm going to be honest, guys. It was the worst Hell Week I've ever been through. And I know people at the theater want us to call it Bill Week. And I'm sorry, but I can't get on board with that. Because... A rose by any other name is still thorny. Yes. <laughs> it's called Hell Week for a reason. I never got home before 11.45 at night until the show opened. I honestly don't know how I did it. I was more tired than I was when doing Les Miserables, and that's saying something. Yes, because that was the busiest time of the year work-wise, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you had to work really hard, then go do rehearsal. And there were days where it was going straight to rehearsal. Right. From work. Oh, I remember that. You had to pick up food on the way. And that was difficult. This was harder than that. <laughs> yeah, because it's Christmas time. 
Yeah, but not just that. One I, thing. It's a totally different experience doing an original show. Yep, original show, which means to opening night, there's changes, like mm-hmm. cutting scenes or changing lines. I think I hear the rain starting. Yeah, I hear it too. Once we got to that opening night, I don't know how we pulled our shit together, but we did. Right. We just decided, okay, we can do this, and we did it. There were a few baubles here and there, of course, which always happens on opening night. But considering what we ha- what had happened that week and the way the show had looked Thursday night, I was overjoyed at how well it went on Friday. It all came together mm-hmm. on the night of performance, you know, the opening night. Yep, it really did. And we had an excellent audience. That's because I was there. Yes, but there were other excellent people there, too. And the jokes were hitting in different areas. Like there's a Mario Kart joke that hits a certain younger audience. And you could just hear this wave and these pockets of people that came to the show. Now the show is running and it's running every Monday, Friday and two shows on Saturday. And then the week of Christmas, we're also doing shows on Tuesday and Wednesday. And oh dear God, why did I do this? Why did I do this to myself at Christmas? Why? Yeah, it's why? insane. Why? 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 I love my part in the show. I love being Professor Trelawney. Trelawney forever, bitches. Yeah, you get your song and a reprise. I didn't sound so good doing that song in rehearsals because I was sick. Yep. And they were so patient with me. Well, good. They were really patient with me. They understood because actually they ended up being a lot of people sick. Yeah. Which just happens when Uh you're in a show because you get tired, your immune system is compromised at that point, and you're more susceptible to everything that's floating around. Also, yeah, around cold and flu season. You know, one person gets it, we're all going to get it. I was uh, very pleased with how it went. Our Saturday matinee was full of old people who don't know how to clap. (laughs) Yeah. Or make any kind of noise. It takes too much energy. Have to raise their arms. Yeah. But the Saturday night show, we had a much better crowd for that. We had a good crowd for Monday, which uh, was surprising. I didn't yeah. expect a, a loud crowd for Monday, but they were they were good and loud on cool. Monday. So that was that was pleasing. So four shows under my belt in thir- no, four days. <laughs> <laughs> four shows in four days. But uh, honestly, I don't ever want to do a show at Christmas again. Because, you know, you would think doing a Christmas show, I would feel the Christmas spirit that much more. Nope. But just getting to opening night was so hard on me. I know it was because I was sick. Being sick and being exhausted and having to still get up and go to work in the morning, it just kind of killed my holiday spirit. (laughs) And I feel terrible about that, but that's just the way it is. Yeah, I'm also lacking in the holiday spirit. Although the tree's up. The tree is up. I think what we need to do is go see the Christmas Village on 25th Street. Okay. I think that that would make me cheerful. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. Well, we keep planning on doing it each year, and it just doesn't come to pass. Well, we're going to fucking make it happen, okay? (laughs) We got two weeks to do this shit, and we're going to do it. (laughs) If we have to go on Christmas Eve, we'll fucking go on Christmas Eve. God damn it. We're going to go see the goddamn Christmas Village. Okay. We'll have to plan on a night then. Yeah. So I'm free to I'm free Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday next week. (laughs) Can do one of those days easily. Yeah. Yeah. So we should have done it last night when it's like sixty degrees. Yeah, it would have been really nice. But I feel like it's not the same if it's not kind of cold. Yeah, it's nice to go after snow. (laughs) Yeah, because it's really pretty. Yeah. 
Okay, so that was my thing for the limelight. I have survived the rehearsal process. We're now running Fairly Potter, and uh, it occurred to me during uh, Hell Week that I got to originate that character, because I don't yep. recall there being a Trelawney in the first Fairly Potter. Yeah, you're the original cast Trelawney. I should say I'm the original Trelawney of the Fairly Potter parodies. He's yep. done two other Harry Potter parodies. Yeah. So, who knows? But... I got to originate it at the zig, bitches. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, midlife crisis has dissolved. Yes. We've closed the door on that chapter and are starting up Quantum Comedy Collective. Very exciting. Which is what we decided to name our new comedy group, of which I'm like the technical director, which is crazy. I've been in improv, what, two years? Mm, yeah, thereabouts. And I'm already directing you're the head honcho that's crazy you're like artistic director an artistic director and our other member of the brain trust bill he's our musical director since he's a musical improv guy yeah and we're all very excited about it because it offers so many more opportunities so many more we can work with people of any age yep any age and we can do different things we can do long form we can do short form we can do sketch we can do musical comedy we can do stand-up mm -hmm. and i'm planning for next saturday an improvised late night talk show hosted by santa claus <laughs> which will be bill yes and there's little elements throughout. There's a little sketch I wrote for, for advertising for the Fairly Potter Christmas Carol. Mm -hmm. There'll be some short form games as commercial breaks, long form as the guests talk and they spin off into long form stories. So I'm excited and nervous about it because it is, you know, stepping into a new field and directing people that are more experienced than me, which is always interesting. Yes, but you're also directing people that are less experienced than you. True. True, true, true. So, so it's like right in the middle somewhere. There's got to be a first time for everything, for yeah. everyone. So I'm just really bummed out that I'm missing this. And that's why the month after that, I want to do the last line, first line marathon, in which you'll be on stage pretty much throughout. Yeah, I'm going to have you explain that to me again when my brain isn't a puddle of goo. Yeah. This... That sounds fantastic. So I'd like you to do long form scenes and then like every third scene I'll add a short form game format over it mm -hmm. to do like accents or lie detector or emotions or stand sit bend, you know, these things just to add a short right. form flavor to keep things interesting. Then go back into regular long form scenes. Mm -hmm. And what was it? The week before last? Because last week was Abandon. They returned to play again. Band. And uh, they're going to Chicago. So it's one of the last times people in the U Utah will see them. <laughs> Unless they somehow return. But it's good that they're moving on because they're a really good band. Yes, they are. Uh, but the week before that was the Improv Jam because it was around Thanksgiving. Mm. And a lot of the regular Sasquatch Cowboy folks were out of town. And so they just had all the workshop people perform. And nobody really wanted to MC, so they kind of like, <laughs> would you mind? And it's like, okay, I'd much rather... Because I almost asked if what the structure of it was going to be and who was MCing. And I kind of wish retroactively, spectively, retrospectively, I guess that's the proper one, 
that I had asked because there would have been more structure and I'm a structured guy. Yeah. But what I did is a short form game, long form scene, short form game, long form scene, and just had people swap out if mm-hmm. they felt like it, you know, come in, do it if you're fine, move on. And there are some fun games. I think we had some really good scenes, especially the last scene went really well The with Chelsea being an informant for like the FBI or something <laughs> and just talking to her mob boss. Yep. Over, you know, the the wire in a very obvious way, verbally saying all the things he was doing that was like gestures or something. Yep. He's now pointing at... (laughs) Well, that reminds me of something. What's that? I played with Improv Against Humanity. You did! And I sounded like I had been a smoker for 40 years. Oh, it worked. I was sick. Um, Betsy Starro is an improviser with the UCB. And she always sounds like that. She's got kind of a Macy Gray thing going on. It was fun. It was kind of last minute, which I know when Ebb contacts me like one or two days before that somebody dropped out mm-hmm. and I'm the bottom of the barrel. Oh, no. So uh, for Saturday night, it was three A's and a B, which I don't mean that <laughs> grade wise. I mean that as I was playing with Austin, Alex and Aiden. Yep. And I'm Brandy. And the funny thing is I said that to Austin, and he's like, I wouldn't consider you a B. And I'm like, yeah, my name's Brandy. You're Austin. That's Aiden. That's Alex. And he, for, it took a couple of seconds. So he's like, oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> Three I, love, I love Austin. Yep, Austin. Austin is amazing. And Austin had the smarts to approach Improv Against Humanity exactly how you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Is the cards have the humor in them. You yep. don't have to push it. Nope. You want to play well-grounded scenes because it's going to get weird anyway because that's what Improv Against Humanity cards allude to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, start with the grounded scene, follow the basics of doing long form, and then yep. things spin from that. We actually talked about this before we went out. Yeah. And I was so grateful for that mm-hmm. because I, that's the way I want to play it. You know, I don't want to go out there and just purposely be obscene. Yes. That's not necessary. No, because it's going to happen anyway. Yeah. And there were scenes where you guys didn't swear once, mm-hmm. but they were still funny. The whole thing with the passable transvestite. Yep. That was one of my favorite running gags. And the whole list thing. Oh, my God. The, oh, the list. Yep. The list thing because of the, what, the Soviet hammer, the love yeah. god. Yeah. List of rules. <laughs> For sleeping. <laughs> yeah, that was a running gag that they'd point to the wall, like this checklist on the wall of all the rules you had to follow. And also, not showing God to be fallible. That was a yep. running gag. That was... Except everybody was saying infallible instead. Well, they were thinking it's the same as flammable and inflammable. You know, it's, it's not. It's not mistake. Infallible and fallible are two different things. Yeah, well, inflammable and flammable should also be two different things, but there we go. No. That's why the English language doesn't fucking make sense. Yep. Uh, to foreigners. Um, no, seriously, English is one of the hardest languages to learn because the rules are not hard and fast. Well, so much of it's borrowed. But anyway, I had a great time. I think it was a great show. Yep. And I was very pleased with it. And I was exhausted afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're exhausted anyway. Well, we just so. had like a six-hour rehearsal uh-huh. earlier in the day. And I was tired. I was sick. But I wasn't going to give up the chance to play with Improv Against Humanity, especially with those guys. Yeah, that's a good group to play with. Yeah. Because none of them are really big riggers at all. You know, they don't steamroll over you. They're all support players. Well, I'll play anytime with Aiden. Aiden is... is magical. I think everybody 
says the same thing. Aiden is exactly what you want in an improviser. Mm -hmm. Because he knows how to close a scene for one thing. Yes. He doesn't step on people's toes. He's very trustworthy and makes any scene work. So it's exactly what you want. He makes you look good while also looking good himself. I really enjoy him. He's just brilliant. In fact, wasn't his addition to my subway scene like i was working at a subway sandwiches but i was the only guy there mm-hmm. and i was having like the worst day ever and then he calls and he's like the corporate office telling <laughs> call me about jared which closed the scene you know yep perfect well, so how's your day going out well not so well to be honest with you well it's gonna get worse because i've got to talk to you about jared <laughs> so funny That was an interesting Saturday. Yeah, that was quite a day. So it's going to be interesting Saturday. This upcoming Saturday, we're going to go through a rehearsal. So it'll be interesting helping walk through the format. Well, that's normal. I mean, even Sasquatch Cowboy did that when they were doing the Halloween thing. Because it was something they'd never done before. Yeah, they really went over that hardcore. And it was amazing. It was a double-stuffed episode. They went for two hours. I thought it, it came off great. Yeah. So, but yeah. Anyway, is and that it for the wine light, or yeah, is there anything else? Hopefully, be able to record that and get that for our Christmas bonus episode. Right. Have that available. So, yeah, it's pretty much. Oh, um, Eb's teaching workshop for Off the Wall. Right. On Sunday nights and. Why Sunday nights? <laughs> yeah, Sunday nights is a well he, because some people are available. So. I know. It's just this is my one day where I don't have any responsibilities. Yeah. I need that one day so that I can recharge. And considering that we took those summer courses a while back, was it last year we did that? Or was it the year before? The year before. No, I think it was last year. It yeah. was last year. Last summer. And I've been taking workshop with Sasquatch Cowboy. It was really basic stuff, but it's still good sometimes to go over the fundamentals, especially when you're doing full-on short form not worrying too much about the long form content the purpose of these workshops i think is to get some new blood infused into off the wall which they sorely need yeah because a lot of people have moved on they're they've grown older they've started families and they're just not available and there's a lot of talent to be had Mm -hmm. so uh this will be a good way to find those gems and get them trained and and ready to perform and that's exactly what workshop should be is it should be your talent pool yep and that's the way it's been with sasquatch cowboys they've pulled people from workshop Mm -hmm. onto stage when they feel they're ready enough yeah but they've also encouraged people like us to do something different that is not being done because there's so many possibilities available Right, and which is why the quantum comedy thing. Yeah, it's so that we can take on all of those possibilities and we're not limited to any one thing. And I have about half the shows planned for our season, our year. So what, one show a month and I got six of them. Right. Loosely planned and get input from other people for the other six. You freaking mastermind. Yeah. Well, I'm an idea guy. I mean, that's kind of where I live. So coming I'm not, up with I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Yep. Oh, my leg is hurting. Yeah, well, it is raining. <sighs> and Snow yeah, coming. so I think that closes up the limelight. We do have a lot going on at the theater. Yes, we do. So news and reviews.
I didn't talk very much about Fallout 4. I talked mostly about Final Fantasy 7 <laughs> and Uncharted. But yeah, Fallout 4. Apparently there are a lot of people complaining about how crappy it is and yet still playing it for several hours. Yeah. Like, well, it can't be that crappy if you are continuing to play it. Yeah. It is hard. It That's is what hard. you're telling me, especially early missions. Yeah. It's like, you just kicked me out of this vault and I already am facing these guys? It's interesting because it's one of those things where they show you the beginning of the apocalypse, at least from Boston, Massachusetts. Uh-huh. Which I actually got a sick thrill of running for my life towards the, the uh, vault uh-huh. when the sirens started to go nice. off. And I'm just like, this is really frightening, and I'm really enjoying this. I am sick and wrong. (laughs) So it's beautiful. It's absolutely graphically amazing. Cool. Death claws are fucking scary as hell. You thought they were scary before? Oh, no, they'll fuck you up now. Those are the werewolf kind of guys, huh? It's Sort of. Not really. They don't really look like werewolves. Because that's the way I thought that they look like werewolves to me. They look like giant dinosaur things to me. Oh, okay. So, I mean, Yao Guai, yeah, that looks kind of like a werewolf, but it's just a bear mutant. Deathclaws. Fucking, yeah. I had to fight one in my first fucking mission. Jeez. That's way too early to face a Deathclaw. I almost died. I expended almost all of my ammo and had more than half of my power armor damaged and used about 15 stim packs. (laughs) Yikes. Got a learning curve, guys. Stim packs were, that was an exaggeration. Do you have a difficulty Um, level you can select? Yes, I selected the easiest one. (laughs) I am on the easiest fucking level and the game is kicking my ass. Damn. I'm not complaining about it though. I'm interested in the main storyline, but there are so many side quests. It's like Skyrim with the side quests. Because Fallout 3, yes, there were a bunch of side quests, but no, Fallout 4. So the fucking side quests. I mean, you've got all these side quests, and then you've got the miscellaneous section <laughs> of side quests. Go visit the Witchcraft Museum in uh, the downtown bus. That sounds nice. I do like those open-world sandbox games. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It's different for me because I've never been... Okay, I've never been to Washington, D.C. In either, but everybody knows what it looks like. Yeah, you've seen the mall in enough television yeah. shows to know what it looks like exactly recently. boston i'm but not boston i'm not familiar enough with to say oh yeah well they modeled this on this because i know they like to be accurate like that and that's yeah. that's great they're now synths they are fucking scary and they are really really hard to beat Yeesh. um yeah there was a mission where it was just nothing but fucking synths <laughs> <laughs> the first time i ran into a synth i nearly peed myself mm, what are they they are synthetic well, they are like robots, but not. Okay, um, kind of androidish. Androidish, yes. But they don't have skin or anything like that. But <laughs> there are some that do, and people can't tell them from humans. Oh, isn't this? So now people are getting all kinds of freaked out about synths living among them and oh, getting all replicants. paranoid and starting to kill each other. Yeah. Yeah, it's very Blade Runner. It's about a person. You can choose to be male or female. Of which course, is, you'd go woman. Of course. You know, she's badass, of course. It's about a person who lost their son. Somebody stole their son while they were frozen in a vault. Because, you know, not one of those vaults ever went right. They were all fucked up. Because vault is a fucking corrupt company. Because Fallout 3 was about finding your father. Mm-hmm. And this one's about finding your son. Yeah, which when you first get out, you assume is still a baby. Well, she assumed it was still a baby. Yeah. I didn't assume he was still a baby. Because I had no idea how much time it passed. Yeah, because you're... 
cryogenically frozen, for one thing. Yep. It's way better than New Vegas was by miles and miles and miles, but it's not yeah. hard to beat New Vegas because New Vegas is... <sighs> New Vegas isn't very interesting. It's like the storyline, who gives a flying fuck who has control of Hoover Dam? Yeah, and <laughs> your character is so bland and there's no backstory with them because you kind of just wake up with no memory and you really don't ever find out much about yourself. Well, that's the thing. You never really knew anything in the first place. You were just a courier. Yeah. And so. And I don't even remember why you had the fucking ship and why they stole it from you and the Mr. Big or whatever the fuck his yeah. name was. I don't even remember any of that because it was so goddamn boring. Fallout 4 is definitely an improvement yeah. in that. One weird thing is the whole crafting thing. Oh, yeah, where you can make stuff like fences and shit. Well, not just that. You can build shit in towns that, well, communities that like you, mm -hmm. that have allied with you. You can build shit for them and you can grow food and assign people to tend it. Oh, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, so um, it sounds like... Some babysitting involved. Yes, there is micromanaging. Some, there's micromanaging involved to a point. Yeah. It's not as bad as say playing The Sims, but but you can also trick out your weapons and your armor and your power armor. When all else fails, well, I don't take my power armor everywhere because it requires fusion cores <laughs> to keep going. But when I do, but when I do, <laughs> the most interesting woman in the world <laughs> but when i do take my power armor with me you can bet i'm going to rate i'm going to be facing a shit serious enemy at the end of this mission <laughs> but when i do i kill lots of super mutants well no actually the super mutants aren't the worst thing it was this i can't even remember what it was called now it was a glowing one but it was this it was a mutated glowing one Ooh. that had like growths really big growths on its back yeah. I can't remember what it was called. I want to say rancid, but rancid isn't the right word. Um, something along those Some lines. Some other punk band. Yes. And, disturbed. Uh, no. I knew you were going to say disturbed. Not disturbed. Disturbed is like a new metal band. Exactly. Why am I thinking like Coffin Break or something? Yeah. I couldn't beat that guy. He would kill me in like three hits. I'm like, I'm going to go get my power armor and we'll see how this little fucker does against my <laughs> minigun. He was yeah. still hard to kill, but I lived through it. Nice. So, But yeah, they, it takes fusion cores to power it, and they're not just laying around anywhere. Mm -hmm. so, and they're extremely yeah. expensive to buy. It's so. like going back to the Batcave to get the Batsuit. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. So I do probably three quarters of the game without the power armor. It makes sense, because yeah, it seems like something you'd want to grab for special occasions. Yeah, yeah. I had it when uh, I faced the Mirelurk Queen. Oh, dear God. I thought the rancid glowing one was bad. No. <laughs> Mirelurk Queen, she was fucking awful. But that was the best part of it is because there were four other guys with me. Well, two guys and, no, three guys and one girl. And um, they were all fighting her. And I would hide and heal and then run out and shoot her and then run back into <laughs> my place and hide mm -hmm. and heal because she could attack you with poison oh, yeah. that she could spit at you. And then there were the little fucker hatchlings that she sent a million of after you. Oh, that's another great thing about Fallout 4. The melee attack with your gun. Nice. You can hit shit with the butt of your gun. That's always a good ability to have. Well, and that's really good when it comes to facing those hatchlings. Because they're hard to hit, uh -huh. even in vats. And... You just expend a lot of ammo on them, and you can't afford to do that because you got to have that ammo for that bitch. Yep. So you just 
whack, and it only takes one hit to kill those those mm-hmm. little hatchlings. And so it's like squish, 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 squish. And then there are these radiation storms that happen where it Ooh. just gets all cloudy, and cloudy not in a good way. Yeah, foggy like yellow fog, Blech. yellowish greenish fog. And then there are these flashes, and every time one of those flashes happens, you get irradiated. Not a ton, but it's just, it's still, if you're out there for a while. And the first time I ran into one of them, I didn't know what it was. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Why is this happening? And I thought maybe that it was the uh, power plant malfunctioning because I was near the power plant at the time. But then I had to come back later because it got irradiated too much. So. And you're telling me that radiation is a bigger deal oh, in yes. this than it is normally. Yes, because uh, before you would have two gauges. You would have your gauge for radiation and your gauge for hit points. Now your radiation takes away from your hit points. Right. So the more you get irradiated and don't cure it, the more it eats into your total hit points. Right. And so if you use any kind of healing items, then once you hit that where where that radiation poisoning begins, that's as far as your hit points go. Yeah, it's making you weaker. Also, making food in this particular game actually means something. Yeah. Instead of just being something worthless like it was in New Vegas. So, because you can make stuff from shit that you find and uh, parts of dead creatures and whatnot. And <laughs> it's like, oh, this will give me hit points without irradiating me. I'm so glad I stopped at this pot over a fire. <laughs> Yay! So that's actually a really good supplement to stim packs because, again, in uh, the early stages of the game, not enough money, not enough supplies. <laughs> yeah, that's that's starting out early in a game, mm-hmm. for sure. And, oh, for anyone wondering, go to Diamond City early, for the love of God, because you can go sell shit there. It's the biggest town that's got vendors in it, so please, for the love of God, go there early. I know you think, oh, well, it's part of the main quest, I won't go there yet. No, go there. Go there. Well, it kind of explains why it keeps pushing you towards there. It's like, oh, you really should go to Diamond City. I was like, no, no, I'm not quite ready for that. It's like, well, yeah, I should, because I can sell crap and buy crap. Yeah, and everybody calls it the Green Jewel. And I'm like, then why is it Diamond City? Shouldn't it be Emerald City? Yeah. She keep calling it the Oz. Green Jewel? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, anyway, that's enough about Fallout 4. I'm watching The Wire finally because it was on Amazon. Yep. It's a nice slow burn, but because it's HBO and they get away with doing explicit stuff, sometimes they abuse that. No shit. Like that one scene you saw where they're investigating a murder and they're saying fuck for no apparent reason. Well, it's a cold case that they are reinvestigating the crime scene. Yep. Because it was in an apartment and no one had moved in since it had happened. So they took the file and with all the photos and everything and then they were laying them out everywhere. And all I, I wasn't even paying attention completely. And all I heard was fuck for five minutes. And for no reason. And not like the word they would use. If anything, you'd use the word shit. And then rarely. Yeah. Oh, holy shit. You would say fuck. And it was just unnatural. It's all they said is, is different incarnations of fuck. For five minutes. And it just didn't work. For It took me no. out of that scene. Yeah, it just, it got ridiculous after about 30 seconds. And compared to the rest of it, which is less that more slow burn, good dramatic acting. Yeah. And interesting character work. The drug trade in Baltimore. Of course, Idris Elba in there. Really? Yeah. I did not He's one know of that. the main guys. He's like a lieutenant 
in the drug organization. Wow. I watch him in anything. Doing his American accent. That's the first way I saw him. Yeah. Was in The Losers. Yeah, that's right. And he was so good at being bad that I didn't like him at first. Yeah, he's a bad guy in this too, of course. He's good at playing bad, but he's also good at playing good. Yep. I just like him. Yeah. Big push for people to have him be the next James Bond, which would be interesting. Yes, it would. And anyone that says he's too old needs to shut the hell up. <laughs> because, honestly, what's this about H? What, why is this? Well, I mean, I could. It, it's been happening to women for yeah. decades. But when you start applying that to men, I mean, it's like, wouldn't you expect James Bond to be experienced? You don't get yeah. experienced without experiencing things, which means that he would be someone a bit older. And so what if he's in his 40s? That doesn't mean he's not in his prime. Well, for one film, I can understand that. But if you want a franchise for a while to do three to five films and you're doing them maybe two to three years apart, then it becomes a bit of an issue. Yeah, but when are they beholden to having... I mean, they haven't had a Bond in a, do that many movies in a row since Roger Moore. Yeah. So what's the big fucking deal? Because what, Craig's on his fourth so that's Spectre's yep. fourth film. Yeah, so and he's not sure he's going to do another one. Yeah. Well, when you ask somebody right after if they're excited to play it again, you could see why they would say no. Yeah. Because they just got through with it, and they just don't want to be doing that right now. Yep. It's like, okay, well, currently I'm unemployed and would like to do something different than James Bond. Well, he's uh, he's got a great sense of humor, Daniel Craig. Yeah, he was on The Nerdist talking about it and how the whole... You know, cutting his eyes out kind of response to it or slashing his wrists mm. rather than doing James Bond again and how that got blown out of proportion. Yeah. It's like, yeah, if you ask right after the fact, it's like asking you about Fairly Potter if you ever want to be in a show again. It's like, well, yes and no. Do I ever want to be in a show again? Yes. Yeah. Do I ever want to be in a show again at Christmas? No. no. Yeah. So it's kind of that situation. Yes. Uh, Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. We're enjoying it. Very much so. Talk about slow burns. I like that it does take its time. Oh, yes. And I think you have to with her. Daredevil was a slow burn, too. Yeah. There was a lot of fighting, but we didn't even see him in the outfit till the last episode. I know. It was almost like a really long origin story. Yeah, which was fine because I'm okay with that. If you are keeping me interested with interesting characters and an interesting plot, then you can slow burn all you want. Yeah. You're keeping me engaged. <laughs> it's not quite an origin tale because she's already done the superhero thing and then moved away from it. So it's like... Oh, yes. And they... After the fact. They paid homage in a flashback. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, they did. And we weren't sure that it was homage. And so I went to Wikipedia and found a picture. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that was the outfit she wore. And also the name she went under. Oh, yes. That was so there. <laughs> yep. It's no secret that David Tennant is the bad guy. He's yep. Kilgrave. And doing a very fine job at it. She, oh, he's so good It's a villain you love to hate. Because with Kingpin, there was something sympathetic about the character. In this case, no, you just hate the guy. No, there is no love to hate. You just hate. Yeah. There is no love. The only thing that you love is that you are going to love when she takes him down. <laughs> right. That's the only thing that there can be love associated with this. And that's brilliant because that's really hard for an actor to do. And David Tennant is fucking nailing it. And it, how it ties into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. within humans and how a lot of people have been 
discovered. Mm-hmm. And really odd side plots every once in a while that tie into that. Like, we still haven't finished. I've, I'm have i jonesing for another episode at some point. So. Uh, jonesing. <laughs> I'm jonesing for Jones. Yeah, I'm jonesing for Jones, too. I was thinking about it today, actually. And going, Did you want to watch an episode, or would you rather have some downtime no, doing let's, something let's else? Watch, let's watch an episode. Okay. Watch an episode. Before I edit. Because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you have yeah. tomorrow off, and I don't have to go to bed till 10, so... Yeah, I keep expecting certain things, like a certain person to make an appearance, but I don't know if that's going to happen. I think it would have happened by now. Not necessarily. I think we're only like, what, six episodes in? Yeah. Five or six? Because one half of that pairing has appeared. (laughs) And he, oh, I would love to see him with his shirt off more. Damn, Mm -hmm. did they nail the casting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's got that dark edge that Daredevil had. It's a good companion piece. And if they are planning on doing The Punisher, I think that would fit in with this as well. Yep. There's this Hell's Kitchen take on the Marvel characters through Netflix. They definitely have the tone down. Just get them them all in there and do Heroes for Hire. That seems to be what they're aiming at. And that is fine with me because they are doing it and doing it and and doing doing it well. well. Representing Hell's Kitchen. Yep. It deserves representation. We have feedback, do we not? We do have some feedback. It's been a while. It's been a while, yes. It's been a while since we've heard from this wonderful person named Frederick or Rick. 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 How you doing, Rick? Rick. We love you. He's uh, sent me a couple of messages, and so I shall read them both. So this one is older because it came after our last episode was recorded. Which was a while ago. It was Yeah, it was a month ago, four weeks ago. And he says, I just listened to the Dark Corners commentary on Carnival of Souls while I was doing some cooking. I saw the movie before. It's a favorite of my friend Ross's, and he really encouraged me to watch it. Speaking of Ross, when he lived in Philadelphia, I would visit him, and a couple of times we went to a movie event where a drag queen and her companion would sit in recliners and do commentary on movies a la Mystery Science Theater 3000. (laughs) Nice. I saw Xanadu and the Lost Boys, but I heard their commentary of Valley of the Dolls was to die for. (laughs) The Lost Boys, them doing that to the Lost Boys is the only way I would sit through the Lost Boys. Where I'm going with this is, listening to you and David banter during the Carnival of Souls, I thought you guys could totally do this <laughs> with your theater and improv backgrounds. You would be naturals. Oh, thanks. I know it's kind of a cliche, but I could see you and David being a Morticia and Gomez Adams type couple. The Ziegfeld could be your venue, and I remember that the movies weren't on film but DVD and then projected with the DVD special projector. Just an idea. Yeah, Later, that's, that's a fun idea. I could, especially if it followed Sasquatch Cowboy, where mm-hmm. you had more time could do a commentary to some film. They do still do movies at the Ziegfeld. Yeah. Every now and then for special occasions. So that is certainly a possibility. I've always thought of us as Gomez and Morticia myself. Yeah, we are so. anyway, so yeah. <laughs> Tish, that's Tish, French. That's French. Thank you. It's a very interesting idea. Um, I don't know where we'd find the time at the moment. Yeah, that was our one of our stronger commentaries. Yes. And we do love the film. But oh, we do. It we had a lot it. of moments that were great for sending up yes. what was taking place. So then I got this one after our Libra podcast. Libra. And he said, I just finished the Libra podcast of The Dark Corner, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was like catching up with an old friend, classic Brandy and David. Or should it be David and Brandy? Why? No, Brandy and David. (laughs) Well, they call us the Jacolas usually. Yeah. We're just the Jacolas. Yeah. First off, the Starbucks thing. Whoever heard of former pastor Joshua Feuerstein, I guess that's his name before this, how many people actually remember his name? I never heard of I him. I never even heard his name. I, I just, didn't. I've heard him called like the poor man's Kevin James. I don't 
care. Uh, <laughs> both Christmas and secular-minded people condemn this brouhaha, badum tish, <laughs> as foolishness. Yeah. I have yet to have any customers come in and complain about the cups or request that their names be Merry, or is it Merry? <laughs> Merry. Christmas. What people are talking about is Starbucks. If there's one thing I do know about Starbucks, having worked for them for the past nine years, is that they are master manipulators of the media. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. you're not kidding. Well, if any I, good corporation is. Yeah. If I believed in conspiracy theories, I would say that Starbucks planned this whole thing because in the end, they are the big winners in this hoopla. Yeah, because it got attention. In all honesty, Starbucks used to sell great holiday items. Now all they have is a wall of mugs. Blech. Supergirl! I totally love Supergirl. It's one of my favorite new shows along with Scream Queens. Yay! Yay! Supergirl. Yeah, Scream Queens is getting a lot of love from the horror podcasting community. I, just, I have too many shows. Yep. Hopefully it'll show up, uh, you know. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis uh, reenacted uh, her mother's shower scene from oh, Psycho. Oh, that makes me happy. Yeah. Libras. I've known a few. My current boss is one, and I seriously dated one. I think I got a pretty good grasp on them. After all, my moon is in Libra. If your sun is your outward persona and your moon is your inner life, imagine an overly emotional slash feeling crab trying to maintain inner peace and harmony. It's rough. <laughs> yeah. By the way, do you know what your moon signs are? Yes, my moon is Virgo. Capricorn. And my rising sign is Leo. Sagittarius. Yeah, so we both are Earth, Earth, Fire. Yeah. It's bizarre. We're so well matched. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, Libras, damn if they don't push my buttons. <laughs> They're all cool and casual, dare I say peaceful, and with one offhanded comment, you know you could stand to lose 10 pounds, or even worse yet, if they ignore me, they can send me into an emotional tizzy. Mm -hmm. The non-confrontational cancer then gets very confrontational. <laughs> you mentioned that Libras make better diplomats than politicians. No better example would be Jimmy Carter, born October oh, 1st. interesting. I'm off to binge watch Jessica Jones on Netflix. Hello, nice. David Tennant. Great job. <laughs> Later, Rick. Speaking of... Thank you. Thank you, Rick. It's been a while. It's been too long. We've missed you. Yep, and big vibes for finding a decent car. Yes, we are sending positive energy your way. I'm sending it into the microphone, through the cord, into the computer. The sound now carries the positive energy. I'm waving my hands about. It's going to happen. The cat is staring at me like I am crazy. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah, he's on my lap. So that's, that's feedback. pretty much it, huh? Yeah. And for the point, we do have that panel with the... Well, not really a panel. Well, he pretty it, much it took is... over, over himself. But John Barrowman on Salt Lake Comic Con a few months back. It was amazing. I will go to all of his panels from now on. <laughs> he he's, he's a hell of an entertainer, and I think... Everybody said that each time is if there's a panel to see, you go see John Barrowman because he's an all around entertainer. He is not to be missed. And considering the properties he's been in, mm -hmm. Torchwood, Doctor Who, Arrow, Flash. As I'm sure there's many more. Yeah. Oh, he was in the um, film version of the producers. So shall we do our shout outs now? Yes, we shall do our shout outs. My shout out is to Ebb. He's taken over the improv comedy dealio, like off the wall at the Zig and looking to get off the wall back to where it was before so yeah well yeah. It, things always go through phases and this is a rough one and he was talking about that how they build they shrink they build they shrink and they're in a shrinking phase right now and he'd like to build up again and part of that is new blood getting yeah. new talent on stage absolutely especially when the old guard as it were are moving on and doing different things indeed so yeah and my shout out is to jake holt 
who plays Ron Weasley in Fairly Potter Christmas Carol. We actually saw him in the original Fairly Potter as Harry. Yeah. Um, I did not recognize him at first because he is a ginger. So <laughs> I hadn't seen him as a ginger. I'd just seen him with dark hair. Mm-hmm. And I didn't recognize him. And he is one of the most fabulous human beings. I just He makes just a good Ron. Him. He makes a great Ron. Um, he's really a lot of fun. And though he is young, though he is a millennial, quote unquote, yep. he played Final Fantasy VII when he was a kid. Awesome. He loves Chuck. Very awesome. He sings, he acts, he makes movies and puts them on YouTube. Oh, that's really cool. I just think he's a magnificent human being. So here's to you, Jake Holt. You're wicked awesome. Yeah. Sweet. You're making so many friends through the theater. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like every show you make a handful of new friends or more. Yep. And some of them I don't see for a while, and then I see them again, and it's like we never left. Exactly. It's a fantastic thing. Yep. Uh, no dark track this time because... Barrowman sings. Barrowman sings twice, I think. Twice, and yes. So we'll just leave it up to him. They're not necessarily dark tracks, but, but they're, 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 they're lovely good. and emotional. Yes. And, yeah. Yes. I feel that they're perfectly appropriate. And we'll return, hopefully, with a recording of the improvised late night talk show. Thumbs up. I'm going to miss it. Gosh, damn it. Well, if it's recorded, at least you'll be able to hear it. Yeah. Mm. I know. I kind of wish you were in it, too. I, it's not a matter of being in it so much as I just wish you I could see, see it. it. Mm. Yeah. All right. It'll be interesting. Yes, it will. <laughs> yes, it will. It's like, mm, it's a new territory for me. So, It'll be great, baby. Yeah, it will be great. Well, I care, which means something, you know. Yes. Because I wasn't getting this feeling with Midlife Crisis so much. I mean, I cared a little at first, but with each one, I cared less. So this I care about. Yes. And that's why I'd like it to be good. Mm-hmm. I say, Mr. Wilson, how the devil are you, sir? Well, Mr. Primus, I'm rather corking. I don't know about you. I'm spiffing, sir, spiffing. Well, seeing as we finished that lovely show, Shake and Blake, I was wondering possibly we should maybe find a new show to podcast about on that wonderful website, Earth2.net. Oh, what a spiffing idea. And we could share it on geekplanetonline.com. Why, that we could do that very thing. But what show should we talk about? Good point, old boy. Any suggestions? Well, how about The Prisoner? Ooh. Ah, but that only has one series, old chap. Better think of another. You know what? You're absolutely right. Okay, how about Life on Mars? Life on Mars? Well, that was more than one series, old boy, but I think it only ran to the two. Oh, dash it all. This is damnably difficult. How about that charming American show, Firefly? I, I forget how long that lasted for. Oh, I'm afraid that was only the one series. I believe that's taken anyway. Yes, yes. Mm. Well, there is that other lovely American show, The Middleman. Ooh! I've never heard of it. Really? Oh, damn. Damn, it's only one series. Ah, oh, for shame, for shame. You know what we could do? What's that, old fruit? We could do all of them. By Jove, what a spiffing idea. Twice as bright, half as long. Coming soon to geekplanetonline.com and earth2.net.
so this is the Comic-Con panel for John Barrowman. Enjoy, and we'll be back before Christmas with another episode, hopefully. Yep. So, later. Bye.
he's like, go ahead and tell you about what I'm doing. No, no, no. Okay, we don't have to say this, but go to the back. <laughs> oh my god, you thought that play. Oh, you thought it was Ever publicly, and this is the 
Congress was ordered to pay for life. So, this is a song. This is a song dedicated to love. Because when you find that person, no matter how long you have to wait, when you're ready to celebrate that love for them, you would wait a thousand years to do it.
things about the group world. Because sometimes when we comment on them, we've learned in the past, it's held like as a religion. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Nothing can change. I am open to anything. Do it, do it, whatever. But I'm not. I hate you for asking that question. <laughs> Damn you.
Malcolm also has something hanging from his neck um, with the, that's, that's green, right? And it looks like something inside a bottle. All those little things are, from, that's from wardrobe, and I want to, I've kept that into this season for a reason. For me, just because it's a personal little thing, the ring. I add all those little layers. I don't, I'm not one of those actors who thinks about it too much. When I get the script, I read it, I learn it, and then when I'm with the other actor, I look at them, as we all do, we look at each other in the eyes, and I can see their reaction, and there'll be little looks that I'll do to camera, or do off camera, or little things that, you guys are going to see it, and then talking to you through the camera. It all adds layers. I love adding layers. I think the more layers you can add to somebody, the better their love and life. And there's a hell of a lot more layers to come. Trust me. <laughs> Much, much harder than playing drama. Um, and that's not saying that 
easy, but it, if something comes, I, I, I appreciate you say that comedy comes naturally to me because I always feel like I work very hard at making people laugh, but you guys are so easy. <laughs>
television. So to be working in filming, sorry, to be working in filming on TV shows that I even figures when I was uh, uh, your age, I played with Beagle, six inch, you know, Thor's and Captain America's and the basement with my friend Ross Bond, his brother Scott, who I never always wanted to be Thor because Thor looked a little bit like Cheryl Black, you know, the
of the things for me, go back and look at it, I was under number 13, and I did that specifically because my mother was born on Friday the 13th, 13 is my lucky number. I put Yanto, I put Yanto under number 11 because I was born on March 11th, and that is another lucky number.
yawn. Don't yawning into microphone. Uh, yeah. Yeah, keep that in. Let him hear me on. Um, 